0: Welcome back to the program. Glad to have you. The Bill Michaels Show continues on. Divisional weekend coming up. The Green Bay Packers getting set to host the uh, the San Francisco 49ers. And uh, looking forward to, to not only the game, but hopefully a win, uh, an NFC Championship game. And then obviously... Uh, after that, you've got yourself uh, a trip to the Super Bowl, uh, heading out to L.A., and hopefully we're going to be there regardless, but hopefully the Green Bay Packers are going to us, join us. Joining us now on the hotline, the voice of the Green Bay Packers, Wayne Larrabee is here. Wayne, how you been? Good. How
1: are you, Bill? Happy New Year.
0: You, too, uh, doing extremely well. Um, So, look, I think the Packers are pound for pound for a better team. I I think the only couple of concerns we might have is whether or not MVS is going to be able to go and some of the new guys coming back, uh, can they get their legs under them quick enough to really get themselves up to speed? uh, Other than that, I feel really – it's almost like I feel too good about this team right now, Wayne.
1: Well, (laughs) I don't know. You're not watching the tape I'm watching in San Francisco. They're pretty good, Bill. I know they're the sixth seed. I know they, uh, you know, uh, they had their stumbles earlier in the season, but the team I see right now is playing with a lot of confidence, a lot of momentum. They went on the road. They had to win their last two games of the regular season. Went on the road, spotted the Rams seventeen points in LA, and came back and beat them in overtime. Um, they really dominated Dallas last week. They, you know, the final score. I mean, the fact that it was a one-score game is remarkable uh, because they really dominated the line of scrimmage in that game. They look to me. Uh, they're on the trajectory, they're not the same kind of team, but they're on the trajectory that the 2010 Packers were on.
0: I uh, I look at the weapons they have if MVS can't go. They still have Alan Lazard, one of the better route runners, obviously Devonta Adams. I don't think this team really lacks for if MVS can't be on the field I don't think they lack for playmakers. I think it comes down to how much time they give Rodgers, what the run game actually does, and kind of keeps the defense honest. And then it's just Aaron Rodgers being Aaron Rodgers, who looks about as good as we can remember him, right?
1: Yeah, I think he's on one of those roles. And he's a huge difference maker in this game. I mean, you have, uh, you know, at the most important position on the field, you have a huge advantage, okay? Uh, If you're the Packers going into this game, and it's like this most weeks when we uh, um, do these games, the Packers have an advantage at the number one position. Now, the thing about it is, and, and again, what Kyle Shanahan did two years ago in the NFC championship game is he took quarterback out of the equation, completely out of the equation, because number one, he didn't let his quarterback, whom he does not trust, Um, you know, uh, have a hand in whether they would win or lose that game. But the running game for San Francisco was so prevalent that it never gave Rodgers an opportunity uh, to do what he does best. And so I think in this game coming up on Saturday night, how well the Packers are able to move the ball on the ground against this San Francisco defense will tell you a lot about how this game is going to go.
0: San Francisco, like you said, you've been watching the tape. Uh, they can run the football. They did not do it in week three very well against the Packers. The Packers were actually able to stymie the run. Is that really – is the is the ability to run the football for San Francisco key because Garoppolo's got the bad thumb, he's got a, a somewhat semi-sprained shoulder, and that's the only way they can really can control the line of scrimmage?
1: No, regardless of what Garoppolo has for injury issues, and he has a couple, the thumb, he's got a little bit of a shoulder ding. Um, You're right. San Francisco was not very effective on the ground, but they were running the ball with Trey Sermon, who's their third-round draft choice running back, who was injured now and not playing. Uh, Kyle Juszczyk carried the ball five times. Um, You know, they did not have Elijah Mitchell, who came on to become probably the best rookie running back in the league, or one of them, and Debo Samuel, who's become the all-purpose threat. and and a uh, major factor at running back. So this is a much different San Francisco offense that's coming into Green Bay now. Much different. You know what, Bill? I didn't even watch. I'm not even watching tape of that game week three because the two teams are, are way too different.
0: Yeah, I, and that was a question that was posed to Matt LaFleur. You can always take something away from it, but you're right. The two teams are, are vastly different than what they were uh, back then. Uh, defensively speaking, to get uh, we assume Jair is going to be ready to go to get the depth of Whitney Merciless, to get those guys back, Zedarius. Uh, I mean, I don't know how much they're going to play, how many snaps they're going to get, but... Just to have the threat of those guys uh, is, is huge. I mean I, I've always said you got to be good, you got to be lucky, you got to be hot and you got to be healthy if you're going to win a championship and they're seemingly getting healthy at the right time. Do you I, I look at it, Wayne as win this game, get some guys some reps and that way you hit the ground running for the NFC championship game. Do, do, do you kind yeah, of feel I, that?
1: I, I agree, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Um, and I think that's that's really what this week you know in many respects is about. Um, you know, you look at those guys who haven't played in a long time and, and you can't be counting on them for every snap. You, I, I think is it area Smith, you're using him in situations, um, maybe even Jair Alexander, maybe Jair's your nickelback this week. Um, and you go from there uh, offensive line. Uh, you know, there's a real question as to what David Bakhtiari can do. He looked good against Detroit. Uh, where is he now? Two weeks later. Uh, with that knee problem. It has been an ongoing problem. It's not anything they've solved yet. Uh, and then, you know, you look at some of the other guys on that line, it looks like Josh Meyer is going to be able to play. That means Lucas Patrick becomes your right guard. Um, you know, Billy Turner, with, he's coming back after three weeks off or thereabouts uh, with his injury. And so the, the question is, um, how much can these guys play? And on the offensive line, you like them to play every down. Is that possible? With uh, David and with Billy Turner, we'll have to wait and see.
0: Uh, the San Francisco 49ers head coach, uh, sh- there's been so much made of Shanahan and his capability. Then again, Matt LaFleur, they kind of out-schemed him, if you will. They get a win. They finally get their monkey off their back. Hey, who, do you give them, who do you give the kind of the matchup nod to when it comes to head coaching, scheming, <laughs> and such? Well...
1: <laughs> You know, I I, I call plays. I'm not a play caller, so, um, you know, I I don't know. I mean, I think they both have a lot of great qualities, and and Shanahan, as uh, Matt LaFleur said yesterday, he is a savant. And so, um, you know, believe me, the the San Francisco 49ers do a lot of interesting things offensively. Um, This team is – and with this – this guy, and I hate to call him a gadget player because he's not, but Debo Samuel is the most unique player in the entire National Football League. He is a Pro Bowl caliber wide receiver. He's also a guy who, if you handed the ball to him enough times, would rush for a thousand yards as a running back. Um, this chess piece for Shanahan uh, gives him an all all time great uh, matchup piece, and so. Uh, You know, and Shanahan's very clever and creative, as everyone knows, and so this is going to be very interesting to see how the Packers defend this particular weapon, uh, depending on whether he lines up up wide, outside the numbers, um, in the slot, or in the offensive backfield, that type of thing. The one thing to look for if you're a fan in the stands and you're looking, when they put 19 in the offensive backfield of the shotgun next to Garoppolo, they run 81% of the time. 90% of the time, those runs are outside the tackles, okay? The other factor is this. When when Mitchell is in there, um, and he number 25, they're going to hand it to him. His runs, a lot like uh, what Aaron Jones does, start to the inside, and then he makes a cut from there. So their outside zone scheme. When you've got Debo Samuel, when you're handing him the ball, you're more inside zone scheme concepts when Mitchell gets the ball. It's a very interesting thing. It's something the Packers are going to have to recognize up front and deal with on a play-by-play basis
0: talking with Wayne Larry, the voice of the Green Bay Packers. As a matter of fact, I was reading a breakdown of how the 49ers could beat the Packers, and because the Packers, going back to what Matt LaFleur said in the game against Detroit about doing your job, setting your edge, and staying in place, it seems to me that's what they're targeting. You just brought that up, where they run outside the tackles. They bounce it out because contain breaks down. That's something that, I mean, really, if the Packers keep contain, they should be able to keep all of this in the middle. And they're pretty stout when you run the ball straight at them with with Kenny Clark and Dean Lowry and company and obviously Devondre Campbell at the linebacking position. So they're pretty stout in the middle. It, it kind of comes down to can you keep contain for this defense, right?
1: I think you're right, Bill. And I think that you have to be on point. The one difference in this Packers defense this year and what we've seen the previous 10 years, I mean, since the defense collapsed in 2011 following the Super Bowl, um, you know, we've been, the Packers have been looking uh, to build a dominant defensive unit and have been unable to do so uh, statistically and in every other way. But the thing I see with this defense, Bill, and they played on point uh, through the first 10 weeks of the season, and then something happened to this defense. Uh, At Minnesota, the Vikings hit them for some big plays. Cleveland rushed for 259 yards against them on Christmas Day. and You know, I I have not seen the same, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, I've not seen the same direction. I've not seen the same attention to detail that I saw the first 10 weeks of the season. I I think this defense is very capable if they're on point, uh, point point given. Uh, 17th week of the season, Minnesota comes in, Dalvin Cook. All they can do is run the football, basically. They don't even have their quarterback, and the Packers snuffed it out. Um, now, again, they were able to do that because you didn't have much of a threat of quarterback, but uh, the fact is when they're on point, they're still very good and very good against the run. Um, the fact is they've been a little inconsistent, as Matt LaFleur has said, in recent weeks, and that's been mind-boggling, and, and that's the thing they can't afford to be now that we're in the playoffs. They have to be on point defensively.
0: Real quick, Wayne, before I let you go, Bosa practiced yesterday, limited, still in concussion protocol. We're waiting to see if he's going to play. I would assume he will until they tell me he won't. Fred Warner was a full participant as well with that ankle. With this offensive line coming back and having limited snaps, Billy Turner, Josh Myers, David Bakhtiari, is there a big concern with the pass rush uh, and protecting Aaron Rodgers?
1: Yeah, no question, Um, because they can generate pressure, Bill, with four men, and they can cover with seven. And, you know, a lot of times what they'll do – is they'll put four back in coverage and actually add a fifth defensive back, and that would be uh, Williams, K1 Williams. They'll play two linebackers, and they'll rush with four. And occasionally they'll blitz. Not much, but occasionally they'll blitz. And When they do, they usually get home. But they don't have to blitz because that defensive line can control everything. I think a big part of it will be can the Packers run the football. If the Packers can run the football early, What that will do is is San Francisco likes to play their safeties high, two of them back deep. Why? Because they're vulnerable on the corners. And and if their cornerbacks are really questionable, especially outside the numbers, so they keep their safeties high. If you run the football effectively against their base defense, uh, you're going to force one of those safeties to come down inside the box, and that's when Rodgers and Devontae Adams can attack these cornerbacks outside the numbers and make big plays.
0: Wayne, always a pleasure, my friend. Uh, have a great call on Saturday night. Hopefully we're talking again next week about moving on to an NFC Championship game, okay?
1: Certainly hope so, Bill.
0: Take care. Appreciate it, pal. Talk to you soon. There you go. Wayne Larry, the voice of the Green Bay Packers, joining us for a couple of minutes on the hotline. Glad to have Wayne on board. And he's right. Uh, their secondary is susceptible. Outside of the numbers, that's where they're the weakest. They can get a pass rush with four. They can drop seven. got to exploit that middle and that way, if you can bring a safety in, keep your linebackers in, maybe on the outside, you get some quick outs. You get a couple of guys that break a few tackles, yards after the catch. And, uh, but if you can run the ball, man, oh man, it's huge. If you can run the ball, same thing for them. If you can run the ball, it's huge. Uh, let's do this step away. Stay tuned. We got a lot more of the Bill Michael show coming up next.
1: Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone radio network.
0: Welcome back. Bill Michael Show, we continue on. We are glad you're with us. Thanks, as always. Hour number three of the program. We're halfway through. Two hours down, two hours yet to go. So uh, thanks for hanging out with us. We certainly appreciate it. Joining us now on the hotline, our buddy Mark Schofield. NFL Wire, uh, you can find him there, at Mark Schofield, uh, over on uh, Twitter as well. Mark, how you doing? I'm
2: doing well, Bill. Great to be back with you excited to talk
0: about these games we've got coming up this weekend uh give me a give me your thoughts let's let's start out with the first game uh, i cincinnati got a win and i give them all the credit in the world i finally am somewhat of a believer i really like joe burrow i just can't believe in the coaching staff their offensive line is relatively porous uh do they have how much of a shot do they have at going in and knocking off uh you know a f- fresh-legged uh you know derrick henry
2: I mean, they've got a shot, though. They certainly have a shot. I think I'll have to start with something you alluded to right there. Can they protect Joe Burrow? One of the things that makes the Tennessee Titans so dangerous this year on the defensive side of the ball is the pressure they can generate up front, particularly the floor. they They've got – Some great pass rushers up front with Simmons, with Landry, with Dupree, with Autry. They can go to that sub package where they kick Autry inside, and you've got Dupree and Landry coming off each edge. And you've certainly got Simmons in the interior, Jones, their nose tackle. He can do some stuff too in their more base packages. And with the Bengals, so much of what they do is predicated on those empty formations, right? They go five wide, five man protection schemes. But the Titans can get quick pressure, and that's the stuff that while they might not get home, per se, from a down-to-down basis, they could force Burrow off the spot, force him to sort of reload in the pocket. And sometimes that takes away what he loves to do when he gets pressure, those back shoulder throws to Jamar Chase. And so can they protect Joe Burrow? That's going to be a huge part of this story. Now, obviously, when the Titans have the ball, we know what they want to do, particularly if Henry's back. We're here. It's a report and they want to run Henry 20 times or so. They'll have to stop the run, and then they'll have to take away those play-action crossers that Tannehill likes to throw, particularly to A.J. Brown. They have the power to do that stuff. They have the talent to do these things. Whether they could do it against a team, like you said, in the Tennessee Titans who have been rested or get a lot of people back who look to be ready to go after their bye week, that's going to be the tougher challenge. It starts up front on both sides of the ball. If they can protect Burrow, they've got a shot.
0: Well, that's my next question because uh, the problem has been protecting Burrow. As much as we talk about Jamar Chase and T. Higgins downfield, Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon coming out of the backfield, it's, he's got to have enough time to throw. Joe Burrow, uh, I give him all the credit in the world. He has got some swagger. He is uh, really impressive, and it's the first time they've had a really staunch quarterback probably since Boomer Esiason going back that far. I just don't know if they have enough defense to be able to really stop the run if Derrick Henry is on point uh, and do they have enough to really pressure Tannehill into making some making some mistakes while Joe Burrow trying to get enough time just to be able to get the ball downfield?
2: Yeah, I mean, that's a huge question. And that's how I think this game, you know, like many football games, will come down to the trenches. Obviously, the Bengals lost Larry O, their stalwart defensive tackle, with an injury last week's game. He was knocked out of that Raiders game. Stopping the run, whether it's Freeman or, you know, whether it's Henry is going to be tough without him. So that certainly hurts the Bengals effort. You know, and the other thing to we mentioned with Burrow, very quick snap to throw time this year. I think it's like 2.64 seconds snap to throw for third fastest in the league. But the Titans, like, I think they can, if they can get that initial pressure where even if they don't get home, they force him off the spot. They force him to sort of pull it down, reset, recalibrate his thinking. That's going to be critical. So I like the Titans in this one. Uh, I do think this is a match that they could win. The Cincinnati, great win last week. But, you know, looking to be a bit tougher here on this weekend.
0: Then we move into the next one, and that's the Rams on the road taking on the Buccaneers. And I've said this. I think pound for pound, the Rams – are as good, if not a better team, it's whether or not Matthew Stafford looks across the field into the eyes of the lion and says, I either have to go toe-to-toe with you, or he just kind of manages the game and doesn't make a mistake, I think the Rams can win.
2: Yeah, I think that's exactly right. That's a great way to put it. If Stafford sort of stays within himself and doesn't make the big mistake... The Rams certainly have a shot at going across country and winning this game. And another thing certainly to keep in mind, Tristan worse, the right tackle for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Can he go? Because when you're thinking about protecting Tom Brady, you know, you, you kind of look across the line of scrimmage. You see Vaughn Miller, you see Leonard Floyd, you see Aaron Donald, you know, if now you've got your backup, right tackle who struggled to protect Brady last week, when Morse went down and you were going up against the Philadelphia Eagles, that's going to be a problem for Tampa Bay. And so if worse can't go, you like the edge sort of up front with what the Rams can do from their defensive front and the front four. You know, if Stafford could then, like you said, stay within himself, not force throws, you know, I've loved the way they've incorporated Odell into their offense, certainly over the past couple of weeks. But yeah, the Rams can certainly win this game. It might come down to, as with the previous game, can you protect Tom Brady? Because if Brady has time or even if he just has the ability to step up in the pocket, off the edge if you get pressure off the edge you can climb the pocket really well but if there's nowhere to climb to if you've got interior penetration with donald which he's so good at providing that's going to be a problem for tampa bay uh,
0: which i agree because uh, if they can put pressure on brady and he has to get rid of now he's a master at getting rid of the ball really quick don't no doubt this is where i think if it's going to come down to brady getting rid of the ball gronkowski becomes huge in this game don't you think
2: yeah. Gronkowski and Evans. I mean, you know, you, you look at how they construct their offense so much of what they do, you know, it, route conversions and things like that, but also so much of what they do against blitzes is, you know, finding your heart rate, making sure you're on the same page with whether it's, you know, sometimes it's the tight end on a quick release. Sometimes it's that ex receiver on a shallow crosser, which would be Evans. And so if those guys, are given the opportunity to make some catches, do they turn that, you know, he's getting blitzed, quick two yard throw into a twelve yard gain. If they start putting piling up some yardage after the catch numbers, if they start beating blitzes or pressure schemes with these quick throws that have the you know dual goal of getting it out of Brady's hands quickly and then getting the completion of the yardage after the catch, that would be huge for Tampa Bay. And so those two guys can certainly step up. A very curious you know, do we see a lot of Jalen Ramsey on Mike Evans? Is that how they're going to play this? I'd imagine you'd see at least a couple of moments where that's the matchup. You know, that would be certainly something to watch sort of away from the football. But if the Rams start getting that pressure, if Brady can start beating it with quick throws, side adjustments, and you know, blitz, you know, adjustments, that will be huge with Tampa Bay.
0: You, you talked about Tampa Bay, the secondary. We know the secondary has been banged up and been banged up all season long. Last year, they got after Aaron Rodgers big time, forced him into a couple of mistakes with Vita Vey and Golston and Indomik and, and Sue and JPP and obviously Levante David and company. So my question is, can they do? Can they put enough pressure on Stafford, or is Stafford's offensive line capable of really kind of giving him enough time in the pocket to be able to to, to find guys like Odell Beckham and, and company and Cooper Cup?
2: Yeah, I think, Bill, that's where they're going to have to rely. They're going to have to rely on getting pressure to force early throws. Don't give Stafford the chance to get comfortable. Don't give those routes downfield time to develop, force him to throw early in the play. It wouldn't surprise me if we see some sort of sub-packages. Todd Bowles has done that before. He did it against Aaron Rodgers both in the championship game and in the regular season last year where they just got one or two down linemen and a lot of linebackers where they bring those sim pressure looks where you're not sure who's coming or who's dropping and from where they're coming and dropping. And so you generate that confusion up front where you might sprint a free rusher, you might spring somebody with a free shot at Matthew Stafford, you might start confusing the guys up front, particularly when, You know, similar to the Bengals discussion, the Rams like to do so much about those empty five-wide packages where now you've got that sim pressure look. You've got seven people up in the line of scrimmage. Again, as an offensive line, you don't know who's coming and from where. That's tough to contend with it. So I wouldn't surprise you to see Todd Bulls rely on some of those sub-packages, some of those sim pressure looks to try to get that pressure because I think if they just line up and try to get four-man pressure schemes, that's not going to work. You're going to have to – get Stafford uncomfortable, force him to throw early, don't give those routes time to develop, particularly those deeper routes I like to throw to Cup to Odell, whether it's the backside dig, whether it's sail routes or corners or things like that, force him to throw early, force him to check it down, make him uncomfortable. That's the game plan for Tampa Bay.
0: Talking with Mark Schofield, NFL Wire. You can find him on Twitter, at Mark Schofield, and track him down there. The game that's uh, the late game on Sunday afternoon, the Bills on the road taking on the Chiefs. And really this has come down to the the preeminent matchup of Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. Right now, who's playing better and who has the edge in this contest?
2: I mean, I really think Buffalo is playing a little bit better. Now maybe our, our vision and view of it is clouded by you know a lackluster performance from the New England Patriots last Saturday night. But if you look at the way that defense can play, if you look at the way that defense played the Kansas City Chiefs back in week five, where they were able to make Mahomes uncomfortable at times, where they were able to limit what he could do vertical in the passing game and force him to try to stay patient and hit singles and doubles rather than home runs. When you look at the way they incorporated Josh Allen as a runner early to try to get Kansas City out of those two deep coverages, force him to burn a safety down into the box. And then once they did, Josh Allen, three touchdown passes against single high coverage in that week five meeting. You know, I I think this matchup looks on paper right now with the way the bills are playing and how these teams played each other back in week five to really, in my opinion, favor Buffalo. Now, of course, Kansas city can win. Of course, Kansas city, after their little lackluster start against the Steelers, six drives, six touchdowns, their defense is much better than it was during that week five matchup. And Patrick Mahomes, this was during that stretch of the year where, you know, teams are playing those two deep coverage looks against Kansas City, and they were struggling against them. They've gotten better with that defense and the improvement the defenses have. That the Kansas City defense has made, and that's allowed Mahomes to be a bit more patient and take what teams are giving him and, and throwing underneath and things like that. And so, I certainly think Kansas City can win. This is going to be a fantastic game, in my opinion. But I think right now, Buffalo looks to be the better team, and I think this matchup they have the edge in a couple of different ways in this game.
0: Yeah, I watched what happened last year when you had a really good stout front four from Tampa Bay, and they just chased Patrick Mahomes all over the place, and that's been well-documented with guys like Terry Hughes and Phillips and Oliver and Rousseau, the, the rookie. They've been really good up front in the trenches Buffalo has. Uh, I wonder if they're going to be able to take – because we all know that's going to be a raucous place down there. You've got to get up early and take the crowd out of the game to kind of deflate that energy a little bit. I wonder if they're going to have enough – to keep Patrick Mahomes in the pocket and not allow him to get, because really that's when he makes his bones is when he gets outside, he can either throw the ball, obviously, or he scrambles, picks up a couple of first downs, keeps the chains moving. And that's where the energy seems to come from. And then it really kind of puts you on your heels as a defense. And we've seen that in the past. And I wonder if Buffalo's defense is kind of up for the challenge.
2: Yeah, I mean, it'll certainly be a different look for this defense because, you know, obviously last week, Matt Jones is not the kind of athlete you can you know right. make the kind of plays on the move that Patrick Mahomes can. And even Matt Jones, he had one early in the game where he got outside of the pocket and found Hunter Henry. And so, you know, I think that is a concern from Buffalo. I think both defenses have to worry about what these quarterbacks can do with their legs, what these quarterbacks can do on the move. I think the thing that, that helps Buffalo, Micah Hyde, Jordan Porter, in my opinion, the best safety tandem in the league, and so you know, those are two guys that you know they can erase mistakes at the deep third level. Now they can they spin those guys so well at the snap, so they might show. And there was a play in that Week Five meeting where they showed that too high look, and Mahomes thought he had a crossing route, and he throws it to Tyree Kill. But you've got Poyer, the I think it was high the safety coming down as a robber. The pass goes through Tyree Kill's hands, and it's an interception and a pick six. Now Mahomes. It should, have not, it should have been caught, but he got, he got baited by that spun rotation, looked through it right into the teeth of the defense. Then Tyree Kill let it to go through his hands, and he gets the pick six. But those safeties are good. And so, yes, Mahomes can certainly make some plays outside of the pocket and off the of structure, but those safeties do such a great job at erasing mistakes at the back level, he might not find some of the windows he's found against other defenses.
0: Then we move on to the game coming up on Saturday night, talking with Mark Schofield, NFL Wire. You can find him on Twitter, at Mark Schofield. But the Packers hosting the 49ers, I think pound for pound, the Packers are the better team, hands down. I, I just think they are. I think they're, they're getting healthy at the right time, obviously. So give me what you think uh, the 49ers have to do to win this thing, and give me your thoughts on the actual outcome of the game.
2: I think you're right. I mean, look, on paper, the Packers are the better team. The rest rested. they are getting everybody back, like you said. But there are certainly ways that the Niners could win this game. I think it starts offensively. You know, whether it's Lance, whether it's Garoppolo, they're going to want to run the football. You know, and, you know, Kyle Shanahan, you know, Coach McDaniel, who's getting a lot of buzz as sort of a next offensive minded head coach, they do such great things, scheming things up in the running game, creating extra gaps, forcing you to account for extra gaps from a run fit perspective the use of debo samuel I, I think has been fascinating to watch you know his evolution from a pure wide receiver to a i saw somebody describe him as a wrb1 wide receiver running back 1 you know what they do with him in the in the on the ground game they're sort of toss windback designs where they try to get you to flow to one side, but they're really setting you up to cut back off of it with the blocking angles that they could create. The, the use of the fullback, which allows you to turn a three-man surface into a four-man surface or two into three, you know, without changing personnel. That's a lot to cover up from a defensive standpoint. And so run fits, run keys, you know, rush land integrity, things like that are going to be critical for the Green Bay Packers. And then I think, you know, when it comes to the passing game, whether it's Garoppolo, you know, obviously some play action stuff working underneath, whether it's Lance, you'll see some play action stuff working sort of over the top. I mean, I I think that's where the passing game will come down to, regardless of who's the quarterback. It'll just be different areas of the field, but you'll see a lot of passing game stuff. But the biggest concern for me, if they can get that run game going, if they can turn 12 into more of a spectator, if they can, similar to the Bills discussion, if they can get the crowd out of it a little bit. You know, you think back to a game they had earlier this year against the Rams where they had like an 18-play drive that took – 11 minutes to start the game. And, you know, if you've got a crowd that's juiced up and then suddenly the defense is on the field for 11 minutes to start the game, that that takes the energy out of a stadium. And so I think that's the concern. Can they slow down that run game, force whoever the quarterback is to put the game on their shoulders? If the Packers do that, they're going to win.
0: Real quick before I let you go, and you you'd mentioned, uh, you know, Rogers, obviously a lot of the pressure because of the whole last dance scenario. We all know that. We understand that uh what do you expect out of Rodgers? We, we know that in the postseason it hasn't always been the best but then again uh, you know you're also playing much better defenses but, but with being an mvp and i think at this point in time we can probably say he's going to win the mvp what do you think uh, you what do you expect out of aaron Rodgers in this contest
2: i mean i expect a great sort of playoff run from Rodgers. i expected to start you know this weekend with a great game and yes the san francisco 49ers can, do some things defensively that that can give some give them some trouble but watching rogers over the course of this year i still see a quarterback playing at such a high level somebody whose mind is ahead of the play on every single down and maybe it simply comes down to what he talked about this week about simplifying it he was asked about you know what do you do on the big stage and he says well i'll just simplify it these are my reads this is my footwork one two check down just go through the list keep it simple but because he's able to do that, to simplify it in the moment, it allows him to, oh, you're spinning the safeties to too high. I can throw that vertical route, cut my drop a little bit short and get it out of my hands quickly. You can't get to me. That San Francisco front, they won't be able to get to me because I'll get the ball out of my hands quickly. And obviously his connection with Devontae Adams and how well those two work together, particularly on the back shoulder throw, I think he's going to have a tremendous postseason starting this weekend. And I think he's going to make a, a nice little run here for the Packers as I do think that they've got an extremely good shot to make it out of the NFC and get to the Super Bowl. So I'm expecting big things.
0: Mark, appreciate it as always. Thanks for the breakdown, and we'll touch base uh, again as we get towards uh, L.A., okay?
2: Fantastic, Bill. Thanks so much. Enjoy the games this weekend.
0: Appreciate it, pal. Talk to you soon. Right there, Mark Schofield, NFL Wire. You can also find him on Twitter, at Mark Schofield as well. And uh, find his stuff there, just really, really good stuff. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast.